If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Douglas Mohal. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes, I'm happy to have you. Let me share a little bit about Douglas. He co-founded the first biotech company to restore the elastic in arteries. That is so fascinating. The first water recycling institute in Brazil. Wow. And the most watched TV network in Ukraine. You yes, really get around and <laughs> are diverse in your entrepreneurial ventures and everything you get your hands on. It's incredible. Well, there's actually a string running through it though. And it's, it's really healthiness. Uh, we can get even, even the TV network uh, in Ukraine, which is called ICTV by the way. And it's been broadcasting all the way through uh, this, uh, this, this terrible situation that they had there. But we started it to bring in environment and health uh, programming uh, into the satellites of the former uh, Soviet Union. So all the way through my life, all of these ventures have really been directed at improving uh, environmental health uh, right down the line. Well, that's wonderful. And also there's journalism, film making, podcasting, scientific institute management, executive training, technology research, award-winning healthy building design. I guess that gets into LEED, LEED building certified. Is that what that means? Uh, no, actually LEED was part of the problem for a long time. <laughs> oh, uh, were, oh my gosh. Were, I, I'd yeah, love to learn more they were, about that. They were focused so much on energy efficiency instead of healthy buildings, but I think we've righted that ship. Uh, it only took about 10 years, but I think they're well <laughs> on the way to that now. So that's 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 the good news. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, we'll have to dive into that more because I think that's really interesting. So also developing global digital standards for healthy products. So yep. your first book, Our Molecular Future, was selected for New Scientist Magazine's must-read list. So and, and you still in print 20 years later. Wow. Yeah, we were the first ones to talk about um, AI and uh, 3D printing. And uh, some of the critics said it sounded like science fiction. <laughs> so well, you're was... a futurist. You're a futurist, really. Well, yeah, I don't like to uh, apply that word in the sense that, uh, you know, we've been looking at the, at the near future to see really uh, what's in store because the, we're never going to get to the far future uh, that we can predict. It's really the the near future, you know, the next, uh, we went out about 20 or 30 years. And now I think actually going out any more than 10 or 15 years is probably uh, suicidal mm. <laughs> in terms of uh, accuracy of predictions. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, good to know. That's a good tip. <laughs> Just go off 10 to 15 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, all these people talking about, you know, what the world's going to look like in, in, you know, uh, 2050 and 2060, uh, the rate of change is so fast. It's very, very difficult to, uh, to tell that that's for sure, but we'll get into a little bit of that, uh, in the show. Okay. That sounds good. And, and I was wondering, do you have a, a side of you that believes as a humanity, we co-create our future? Oh, you know something? That's probably a topic for another show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's definitely, I mean, that's what our molecular future was all about. Oh, uh, and, okay. You know, I mean, it was hundreds of, of pages. And I have to say that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we forecasted rather than predicted, it's like the weather, you know, you forecast the weather, you don't predict mm -hmm. it, uh, is coming true today. Uh, and it's, it's spot on. You know, we predicted in 20 years that AI would disrupt the world's economies. And it, we are right on target uh, uh, for that. Yes. So, yes, we're the co-creators, but there's a very large oops factor involved in that. Mm. And uh, so, mm. yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a very serious issue right now. And like I say, I think we could probably spend another uh, show on it because um, it goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> mm, interesting. Well, I'm glad I asked the question anyway, because I was just curious about your philosophy. Well, let's get into some of your points about longevity. Do you feel that everyone has hidden stress? There's no doubt about it. And that's not, I'm not the one who's saying that. And for anyone uh, who's watching or listening, it's really important that if you haven't been told about hidden stress, it's time to find out because this is at once the greatest yet least known health challenge of our time. There is no question about it. And here's why, especially in relationship to your show that focuses on sort of the, the Zen of success. Eh? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a little difficult to keep that calm Zen line going along on your pathway to success when underneath your body is going like this, which is exactly what's happening to all of us because there are two specific types of hidden stress. You can't see, you can't smell. Sometimes you can see them, but we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, but basically you don't feel their effects until quite a while after uh, they have built up inside you. But all along that road, uh, they are creating trouble. And those two specific forms of hidden stress are, first of all, toxic heavy metals. And when I say heavy metals, I mean uh, metals such as lead, cadmium, and arsenic. Uh, the term heavy only means the scientific definition that they are five times more dense than water or more. That's the scientific definition. Mm. That's what a heavy mm -hmm. metal is. A lot of people don't know that, and it doesn't really matter, but that's why they're called heavy metals. And um, they're in all of our products, and they have been in our environment ever since humans started to walk the earth. So that's the first one. And the okay. second one- Can I ask a question about that before you yeah, get into sure. the second one? Yeah, um, sure. What about water? Are they in the water and air and food? <laughs> all of the above. And there's, okay. a very, there's a very simple reason for that, and that is- They've been around since the earth was formed, you know, okay. lead, 
cadmium, gadolinium, chromium, you know, they, they've all been there and they leach into our water systems. And um, when we invented or discovered mm -hmm. um, fire for cooking and heating, um, and we got into those nice enclosed spaces with all that smoke caused by the fire that we did for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. And when we grew crops that took up nutrients from the soil, something else came along with the nutrients. And guess what mm -hmm. it was? Heavy metals. So uh, these uh, so crops tend to concentrate that and the animals um, that we uh, that we eat. Uh, mm -hmm. bioaccumulated much worse than the grains and the other foods that just take it up from the soil. So every time you're eating an animal, you're eating highly bioaccumulated uh, uh, metals. And mm. this has been a monster in the closet waiting around for about 100 years because there mm -hmm. have been 100 years worth of studies on it. I see. And uh, so, but it's very clear this stuff has been leaching into our water. Uh, mm. It's been going into our grains and um, it is in our air pollution uh, simply because it's in wildfire smoke. Um, mm. All the, the wood that burns, wood uptakes uh, heavy metals. And all those nice houses and cars that have burned up are just absolutely full of these heavy metals. So all during the wildfire events that have mm -hmm. been around the world these days, uh, serious uh, heavy metal uh, contamination. Not to mention that all of our consumer electronics have got heavy metals in them. And when you heat them up, they off gas. So, mm. uh, so. Now, that's sort of the downside of it, and we'll get into the positive side in a moment. But the point is, you definitely can't get away from it. What, what you can do is you can limit your exposure, and you can get rid of this stuff once it, it gets into you. So that's that's the sort of the metal part. Oh, and then, got it. I see. Yeah. So so when, you, when you're talking about getting rid of it, I, I think of, do you know medical medium? Um, Anthony Williams, he has a heavy metal detox that he recommends. You know, yep. he doesn't talk about it in a scientific term. So I never knew all this information, to be honest, that you're sharing yep. now. Yep. Um, but he thinks it's important for health to do a heavy metal detox regularly. Yeah. And here's why. And he's not the only one, but he's a good one. Yeah. Um, and I always celebrate the people that are, you know, focusing on this topic. And there are a lot of them. Uh, and so, yes, that's exactly it. Now, here's why it's a problem. And here's why it's probably the biggest single health problem that we have that we don't know about. Number one, um, heavy metals start at birth. The exposure starts from the day that you're born and it builds up inside you. Now, your body has certain capacities to get rid of it. Uh, it has it has developed enzymes uh, over mm. our evolution that actually grab these heavy metals, they chelate them and they get them out of your body, but it can't, it has not been able to handle all of them. And so they keep building up oh. as you get older. But the big problem with them is that number one, according to the American Heart Association, low levels of exposure are a major cause of heart disease. This was just mm. announced uh, uh, just a, a few months ago. Oh, and wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a result of 100 years of science and many clinical studies. Um, and one of the reasons that they were able to confidently say this is that they've now found in clinical trials that when they get the metals out of these people, they get better. And that's mm -hmm. now been proven in double-blinded, randomized uh, clinical trials. So that's number one. They, they, they trigger heart disease. And I'm talking about all kinds of heart disease, hypertension that leads to heart disease, 
um, uh, stroke, uh, heart mm -hmm. attack, uh, you name it. Uh, they, they are all provoked by this to the extent that a study just published in the leading clinical journal, The Lancet, concluded the impacts of low levels of heavy metals, especially lead, have been grossly underestimated. And lead is actually ahead of smoking and cholesterol as a leading cause of death in heart disease. So th th this is a real shocker. Uh, it, yeah. it just means that, you know, we've got a very serious problem on our hands here. Uh, let go of all the other stuff. It's not to say that it's not important. The other stuff, risk factors like, you know, obesity and things like that, they're mm -hmm. important, of course. but they are made much, much, much worse by this. So number one, number two, they disrupt your DNA. Okay. They get, they get next to it and they knock mm -hmm. pieces off of your, yeah. your DNA. So number three, that leads to me, uh, uh, Mutagen, mutagenistic effects, sorry, mutagenic effects. So they're, yeah, they, they, they it mutates the DNA in the cells. Okay. That's correct. So it, it leads to cancer. And number four, it interferes with your neurons. Imagine mm -hmm. that you have two live electric wires, which are your neurons, and you place a lead wire across them. What do you think happens? Short circuit, right? Mm. And that's exactly what's going on in all of our brains uh, to the extent that uh, this study in the Lancet said that average IQ on of children has declined because of this. That's how serious. Uh, oh, the, the interesting. So, so we have a monster on our hands and it is a little known monster right. in the closet. Mm -hmm. And the other interesting thing uh, that I, the reason I say it's a monster in the closet is because again, the American Heart Association has said the vast majority of uh, health providers do not know how to test for, diagnose, or treat low levels of toxic heavy metals. They simply don't. What they know how to do is to do blood tests for lead poisoning and for other mm -hmm. heavy metal poisoning. Well, guess what? It's not going to show up, is, right? This stuff isn't in your blood. It's in yeah. your bones and it's in the tissue in your veins and your arteries. Ah, I see. So that's so, why they think people are not affected. So we have this massive, exactly. You you just mm -hmm. hit the nail on the head. So yeah. uh, the, we've got this massive undercurrent underneath mm -hmm. of all of this contamination. And I'll just give you some examples. Consumer yeah. reports just found in two studies that popular chocolates, baby foods, and snacks are contaminated with high levels of these heavy metals. Can you imagine? We are feeding heavy metals to babies. And by the way, the FDA has very few, if any, regulations related to this, even though they have been promising them for years and years. So if you think that the regulations are protecting you, they're not. You have to protect yourself. So that's a good example of how this stuff is is really getting into our yeah. food chain to the extent that very, very recently, a bunch of kids fell ill with lead poisoning from uh -huh. um, applesauce in uh, plastic baby food pouches. They don't know yet if it came from the pouch or from the cinnamon that was uh, that was in it, but the kids actually fell ill with lead. But you know how much lead you have to get in you in order to get lead poisoning. So, mm -hmm. so if that's happening, and uh, you know there have been lots of studies that show that 
60 or 70% of the consumer products that are coming into major markets like the EU mm-hmm. have got too high levels of heavy metals in them uh, yeah. that, that contravene the regulations. So we've got a massive regulatory failure, mm-hmm. all these people being contaminated, healthcare providers not really knowing how to test for it, and it's not on the radar. And again, I'm not the one who's saying that. You yeah, know, it's, right. It's, it's these studies and the American Heart Association are saying it. And I just want to add that the chief author of the American Heart Association special statement on heavy metals wrote the foreword to my book. Yeah, and, a beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, so there you go. You have you have so much wisdom, and obviously you're in alignment with the medical professional that wrote the foreword. So that's that's incredible. I I think that more and more people we get the word out are going to start to recognize this. I, I mean, there has to be a fundamental change in medical training, obviously, or new tests that need to be implemented. Yes. Uh, but I had a, a few questions about this. So you mentioned it was everywhere. So could it be like a cumulative effect? I mean, is it even in healthy foods? Um, or there's certain foods, um, canned foods processed that might have more. Well, uh, actually, the Consumer Reports, uh, everyone should read their their studies because they show that there's a big difference between different uh, brands. And so I would I urge, see. I would I urge see. people to read those studies because some brands have very high levels and some brands have very low levels. And what's really interesting is that there are some baby foods out there that actually are certified to be heavy metal free. So some oh, they're even have, certified. Okay. Yeah. Some people have got the message right. And we need to celebrate those people and call uh, attention uh, to them. So oh, yes. great. Yeah. Absolutely. And I didn't even know that, 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 that they had those, la- I've never seen those labels. I mean, I'm not buying baby food. I, I used to make um, my own baby food for my kids. Um, but so you think that's a little bit better is making your own? Well, what's really interesting is that they did a study of so-called homemade baby foods. They didn't differentiate with what ingredients they were made, but they found right. similar, similar levels of contamination. So yeah, uh, there's, there's a couple lessons here before people jump off a cliff. And that <laughs> okay. is uh, that, first of all, eat organic. That's number one. Number two, eat plant-based because if you're eating animals, they're bioaccumulating this stuff before it gets to you. There's no uh, question about that. So that's not a political Do you eat that statement. way? Are yes. you plant-based? Okay, me yes, too. I'm totally plant-based and have been yeah. for uh, many, many years. And yeah. you have to be plant-based also with uh, organic because uh, okay. the, the stuff that isn't really certified, reliably certified as uh, organic uh, you're going to have an increased risk of having still having heavy metal uh, contamination due to pesticides, uh, fertilizers, and the soil in which the uh, the plants are grown. So okay. it's very important to have you know organic uh, plant based stuff uh, going on. Yeah, yeah, and that that's great. That's a great tip. And and also what I've noticed is that a lot of restaurants are not organic. So eating out. I mean, most restaurants, I'll just have to get real, are not organic. It's very rare to find an organic restaurant. And what are they cooking the food in? Yeah. And what are and what are they boiling the water in? Mm-hmm. There's a very low level of awareness in yeah. the restaurants mm-hmm. about this. So right across the board, we're looking at, and thank you to your show, 
you know, for bringing this up so people can really understand that this is a huge issue. This isn't like just another thing that we have to worry about. Yeah. It is the thing that has been affecting. It's been putting a glass ceiling uh, on the upper limit of life because mm -hmm. the very old, what they call the super centenarians, when they die, they die because they all turn to stone. Their arteries turn to stone and they creak to a halt with all of them, without exception. That is because the body is trying to wall off the damage that is done by these metals and by other things. And we never got to mention the second thing. I know, is, I still have know, that in my mind. Uh, you know, low level infection, but we'll get to that in okay, a moment. So, okay, okay, we'll so, get to that. So all of these, these people who are, uh, you know, hitting that upper limit are all affected by this because we've got this bioaccumulation of these, these metals mm -hmm. Uh, in us. So imagine what would happen to chronic disease and human longevity if we were able to get rid of these metals and prevent them from getting into us. We'll never prevent yeah. them from totally getting into no, us. Right. And get them out. And so we we've got a whole armory of tools at our disposal, whether it's uh, the right kinds of foods mm -hmm. or the air quality in your home where people mm -hmm. spend 85% of their lives or the therapies that are available. And these okay. are some of the things that, you know, I talk about uh, in, in, in the book. Oh, that's amazing. So I'm wondering if there's simple things that we can do to detox as well. For example, a sauna or exercise. If we, if we sweat, is that actually getting out heavy metals? Mm. The heavy metals will come out in sweat, but they're not, uh, they're embedded in your bone and your tissue. So, then, so yeah, you know, so that's why they it's, can't it's, come out yeah, with it's, that. It's not a big, it's not a big deal. Having said that, uh, in order to combat the damage that is done by heavy metals, doing all these things that people have been talking about. And I don't, I don't focus too much on that in the book because I don't want to repeat what other people have said. You know, Caldwell Esselstyn has done the plant-based stuff. I don't have to do it again. So I just refer, you know, to him. I, I don't pretend to have a monopoly on all the things that are, are good for you. So yeah. um, I say, yes, do all the stuff that uh, these, uh, you know, plant-based people and exercise people and everyone are talking about. Yeah, it's it's really good for you. But on top of that, what you can do is, for example, look at the kinds of uh, foods that actually promote the enzymes in your body to get rid of uh, this uh, stuff. Cruciferous vegetables, uh, for example. Uh, curcumin is a very interesting mm -hmm. uh, chelator. Um, and broccoli sprouts. Okay, are just very pausing sure. for a moment, just for our audience who might not know, curcumin is a derivative of turmeric, a very healthy spice frequently found in Indian food. Correct. So, also known as coriander. Coriander. Okay. I did. Yeah. So um, do you recommend people taking a supplement or putting it in their food? Like, what do you recommend for these okay. foods? Right. Yeah. So the supplement issue is as follows. First of all, my expertise has been for the past many years uh, working with designers and uh, builders uh, to keep these heavy metals out of products or at least away from people. And I have been managing the scientists 
who are, in my opinion, some of the world's top experts in these uh, heavy metals to the extent they've uh, developed a, a uh, certification that has actually been uh, recognized by the US EPA as one of the leading certifications to produce healthy products and buildings. So I'm not a physician. And the interesting thing is the most healthcare experts actually aren't trained in, in this type of toxicology. Mm -hmm. The type of to toxicology that they're trained in, and then I'll get back to your question, is drug toxicology, the interaction between drugs. But this is something completely different. They're not trained in how to keep uh, heavy metals away from people or how to uh, to treat them uh, for it. So then when you get back to the supplements, uh, that's why I, I don't sort of recommend things on a medical level to people. I just yeah. tell them what other people are doing and what I have done. So what I have done is I have taken... Um, an oral nutraceutical uh, supplement that uh, is a combination of a chelator and anti-inflammatory uh, nutraceuticals. And that is actually similar, but not identical to the combination that is used in IV chelation as well, uh, where that they put a needle in your arm, you go to the doctor's office for once a week, and uh, you know it, it it starts to clean you out, but it, it takes it takes quite a while. If you don't like having a needle in your arm for a few hours a week, uh, like I don't, uh, you will do the oral because it's more convenient and it can be uh, just as effective. And for those who just said, I'm going to turn off this show because of this <laughs> word chelation, um, I just wanted to emphasize that the effectiveness of chelation in reversing the impacts of cardiovascular disease have been proven in a double-blinded randomized clinical trial sponsored by the National Institutes of Health for 10 years. Oh, wow. And any, and any medical professional who tells you that chelation is dangerous and doesn't work is 10 years behind the times. Between 2008 and 2015, an extensive $35 million study was done that proved that, get this, in diabetics with heart disease, the all causes of death, not just from heart disease, were reduced by 41%. Now, if I was a drug company- Wow. Salivating over these, you know, because drug companies, you get marginal results and it's on the market, you know? Yep. Uh, this is a really stunning result to the extent that the FDA said, look, we have to do another clinical trial that focuses only on diabetic um, heart patients. So if you've got diabetes, listen to this. And those results started in you know 2017 and they're being unblinded this year. So we're looking forward to seeing these uh, these results. So this is all really exciting stuff. So anyone who says that this word chelation is a dirty word is way out of the scientific loop. And what is chelation? Chelation uh, is actually the Greek Greek word to chelate is to claw. So it's a chemical claw that actually grabs the metal in your bone and in your uh, tissue and takes it out and you pee it out. So that's that's actually how chelation uh, okay. works. It combines chemically uh, with these uh, these metals and you know out it goes. But as you can imagine, because they've been built up all your life, you know it does take some time. It can take uh, uh, the clinical trials were run for 40 weeks. And what's really interesting is after they finished the clinical trials, they discovered uh, that uh, if you just throw out the blood tests, but you do a baseline urine test, 
from the baseline urine test, they are able to predict how many heavy metals will come out of you uh, when you go through this regimen. It's a tiny little detail that's hidden in the studies. And actually, Dr. Lamas, who's the purveyor of the study, drew it to my uh, attention. They discovered this in 2017. So there actually are ways to, uh, you know, to predict how much of this stuff is going to uh, come out of you. And it's, it's, it, was, uh, it was verified in some of these uh, clinical studies. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm just thinking about my own healing journey in 2020. I was diagnosed with cancer. And one of the things I decided to do was to do uh, a detox, a systematic mm -hmm. detox of the organs of yeah. my body. And I'm wondering if that did it. You know, of course, I, I did other things as well. I, I did spiritual healing and I did many other things. And I also did IVs. I, I'm wondering, just like hearing you talk, I'm like, I'm wondering if that was part of the cause and if like detoxifying is a major um, solution that can really help people. Uh, Carissa, let me say this. And people really, I, I hope they listen to this uh, very carefully. Heavy metals at low levels turn your immune system against you, mm -hmm. period. Okay, so that that's really like autoimmune disease. It isn't, but we all have this autoimmune disease because okay. these metals are turning this stuff against us at an imperceptible level until we end up with things like cancer and heart disease. Mm. So it's building up, building up, and it's reducing your immunity. What happens is this: um, the so the heavy metals cause all these uh, these reactions that I spoke with uh, earlier, mm -hmm. and when they do that, you know, you're it's funny. The human immune system is built to get you out of trouble in the short run, as a, uh, a very famous scientist uh, who I work with uh, told me. And uh, But it's lousy at protecting you in the long run. It hasn't figured that out because actually Homo sapiens are a very young species. We've only been around for a few hundred thousand years compared to whales that have mm. been around for millions of years. And some of them live to be 250 or 300 years and some variety of sharks. So, so the higher animals that have a very strong thought process mm -hmm. um, live like, you know, three times longer than we do or four times longer mm. than we do. So their immune systems over the millions of years have figured out how to deal with this stuff, but our immune system hasn't evolved to that point yet. And the result of that is that the stuff it uses, which is called, guess what? inflammation, inflammation to get you out of trouble in the short run, clean up damaged tissue so that new tissue can be developed, turns against you in the long run because the inflammation becomes chronic when the metals are not dispelled from your body because the inflammation can't do it. The result is you end up with chronic inflammation and an autoimmune response to yourself. So actually, these heavy metals are turning our body slowly against us. So for yourself, when you were diagnosed with cancer, uh, you know, you're not going to get better uh, real fast if your body is busy fighting itself. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. So mm -hmm. did the did the metals cause this? Hmm. Well, you know, there who knows? But of course, are the, metals, are the metals turning your body against you? No doubt about it. No question. Interesting. Okay, now let's get to the second one. <laughs> Low-grade infection. Low-grade infection. Okay, yeah. and so 
What does that appear like? Is that does it appear to be like a virus, a cold, uh, a different disease? All the above. Okay, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty common stuff. It's just that um, our diagnostics aren't designed to uh, to detect it. So I'll give you a good example, or we just don't test for it. So, so one of the reasons you're told to floss. <laughs> Uh, is because of this uh, nasty little bacterium called, uh, you know, g- gingivitis that causes yeah. uh, bad breath, but has also been found in 100% of all Alzheimer's patients. Oh. Uh, now, it is either opportunistic or causative or uh, both. Uh, a preliminary study showed that when pre-Alzheimer's patients were treated for gingivitis, uh, their cognitive abilities uh, improved. This is uh, pre, you know, this is pre-Alzheimer's, and it was just a preliminary uh, clinical study. But it was, you know, it, it has showed it's very recent, and it has shown some really important results. Now, people familiar with Alzheimer's say, "Oh, oh yeah, we've heard about all these infections before, but there's no uh, sort of uh, smoking gun." And yes, they're opportunistic, that's for sure. But uh, you know, we can't we can't say this, but and here's the big butt. And Carissa, you know this better than anyone else. Your gut biome, all of that bacteria that's in your gut, um, is closely related to all of these low-level infections in your body. 99% of your gut biome is good for you, and 1% is really bad for you. And uh, that migrates, and it has now been closely connected, for example, with cardiovascular disease. Uh, because mm. this stuff escapes your gut, gets into your vascular system. And, uh, you know, people have been told for years that healthy blood is sterile. Nonsense. The, the, the studies have clearly shown that this is nonsense. Your body, your blood is actually full of viruses and and bacteria, most mm-hmm. of which are very, you know, are good for you or yes, are we uh, need benign. Yeah. But so these low level infections are there. And what's happening is they're very clever, especially the viruses. They have learned how to disguise themselves from the immune system. So they disguise themselves in these tiny little vesicles that actually cells used uh, to communicate with each other. There's trillions and trillions of them in your body every moment of every day uh, governing your body's business. They're programmed uh, um, uh, uh, packages like FedEx packages, and they're full of programmed proteins. And they go and tell other cells uh, what to do. Well, guess what? Viruses hijack them. And they get inside them and the body, the, the, the cell accepts them because, hey, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a vesicle. I, you know, this is the stuff that programs me. So it lets it in the door and that's how viruses replicate. So uh, these, these certain types of bacteria have learned how to disguise themselves from the immune system. And when they do that, they disguise themselves from our medical diagnostics. <laughs> oh, I see. And so this is why this is another tsunami that is washing over us that is causing a lot of trouble that we just, you know, aren't familiar with and that the medical profession hasn't been paying much attention to. Now, it's true. Take- I, I just want to tell you, I have had friends tell me that that is their diagnosis, a low level infection. So this Correct. has been coming up uh, actually in, in my field and with my friends. So it's just, I'm learning a lot from you. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when you get, uh, sorry to gross people out, but when you get fungal infections, a lot of people get fungal infections in their toes, right? Mm. That's not just in your toes. That's a systemic infection. That's everywhere. 
That's right. And that's why it's luckily so I've never had that. That sounds yeah, gross. Well, but. it's so difficult to get rid of a lot of runners get it, especially if they don't wash their running shoes and stuff like that. Uh huh. So, and it's really a nightmare to get rid of it, you know, and, mm. and uh, the, the treatments for it are only about 15 or 20% uh, effective. So, so mm -hmm. that's another example of how these low grade infections uh, evade the immune system and yeah. evade uh, therapy. So when you put those two things together, yeah. And this is exactly what the book is about. And just say those two things again. Yeah. It's heavy metals at low levels mm -hmm. of exposure and infections at low grade levels okay. that evade the immune system. And when you put them together, you've got something called total stress load. Mm. And total stress load is so new in, uh, that there is no standardized methodology for actually quantifying it. So it's been up to the naturopathic doctors and the holistic cardiologists to actually develop a scale uh, that is used for calculating this. It's a very young science. I see. And that again is one of the things that I uh, that I cover uh, in uh, the book. But the, the exciting thing about it is we're finally starting uh, to get there. And with AI, if I can come back to our favorite yeah. topic that we talked about at the top, this is going to be hugely helpful because mm. it, it uh, AI can predict things like biodistribution and uh, the oh, combined- Oh, so you can use the AI for research. Oh, sure. Yes, absolutely. And you can use it to diagnose patients. It's being used today. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you say, okay, this patient has this, 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 and that, what are the cumulative effects? And you're going to get a, chances are you're going to get a more accurate answer from a qualified AI algorithm than you are from a toxicologist. This is clear. Sorry, doctors. <laughs> but I just, well, I love that you're using this technology for good, that you're showing that this is the power of this, you know, as humans, we can yeah. utilize AI to yeah. advance our society and be healthier. Yeah. And one thing is, I never blame the doctors. Don't blame your doctor for not yes. knowing this. Of stuff course. Because they're stuck in a sick care system that we all created. You know, I mean, yeah, after, we're part of it. Mm -hmm. After the Depression and after World War II, uh, we demanded drugs to keep us going. Uh, it, you know, didn't really matter if they made us really better, but just, you know, to keep us going, that was the war generation and presto, they got it. And we ended up with a symptom treating sick care industry that has become a monster on its own. So it's not the doctor's fault. They're just yeah. trained in that uh, system, but it's time to change that system and it is changing, but it's not changing fast enough. Well, it's interesting because that you say that. That's so insightful because I'm thinking about homeopathy and natural remedies that grandmothers used to implement and just simple things or like yeah. European and Chinese medicine, um, yeah. medical and, and prevention. Exactly. I mean, there's so much knowledge that we can use from our past to go back to. And here's what's interesting about that. I'm glad you mentioned it. If you say that to a physician who's offering you standard care, the standard response will be not proven in clinical trials. And the answer to that is false. That was oh, true. Oh, really? Yes, that was true five years ago. Okay. No, very few nutraceuticals, very few homeopathic remedies, uh, very little Chinese medicine had ever been tried in clinical trials. All you need to do is go to clinicaltrials.gov 
and put in nutraceuticals and see what you come up with because you'll get hundreds of studies that have actually now are actively looking into this and have produced results. So again, here we have, we call this the tomato effect, which I can tell you about sometime. Uh, the problem is that our system is, is years behind the science for good reason, because they want to make sure that it's safe. But in these cases, it's actually working against us because the clinical trial results are indeed there, but the people who are taking medical training are so busy trying to keep a creaking, collapsing medical system uh, from falling around their ears that they don't even have the time to get up to date. My doctor, you know, I tell her stuff and she goes, what, really? You know, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, and it's because they don't have time to go back and do all of this, uh, this training. Yeah. So, uh, so we need a new way to approach this. The difference between you know what they say, young doctors and old lawyers. And there's a reason for that because uh, I know a young doctor here who's working in the military and he's familiar with a lot of this stuff, but he still tells me, he says, Doug, uh, we didn't take any environmental health training. And th that that's it relatively uh, recent, even though his background is actually in toxicology and environmental health, but he did that on his own before he got into oh, uh, I medical see. school. Yeah. Oh, so, oh my so God. That's brilliant. Yeah. What, yeah. what and, an education, what yeah, an educational it, path that could be a better path for yes. people wanting to become doctors today. We did yes. it. We figured it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's really interesting is in the military, military personnel, anyone who's listening to this program and knows anyone in the military, um, there's a new study that's come out that's shown that military personnel are highly exposed to and likely contaminated with heavy metals because of firearms. So uh, whether that's artillery uh, or handguns, because uh, firearms, when they discharge, you know, that big puff of smoke that comes yes. out the muzzle? Well, that big puff of smoke isn't just the, um, the gunpowder going off. Uh, that contains the fragments from the projectile and oh. especially, yeah, especially lead. And that's why most shooting ranges are contaminated with lead. It's not the projectiles that are contaminating them. Well, they do, but it's the smoke and you're breathing that stuff. So any military personnel who, and by the way, again, this isn't me that's saying this, this is a published study mm -hmm. uh, who um, are, are extensively using weapons, big or small, are going to be exposed to this. They're also exposed to it during combat. They're also exposed to it when they're in a tank or a naval ship or an enclosed area. So the mm -hmm. military, um, and guess what? That is a big reason why a lot of uh, service people are coming down with these inexplicable illnesses. And they do the uh, metal poisoning tests, but they're doing the blood tests. Mm -hmm. It's time to change that. Yeah, and and they also they've found um, metal toxicity in vaccines as well. I mean, some more than others. That some vaccines that that might be expired, or yeah. I mean, that could be a whole another discussion. But it I have is, heard it is the I, load I, of that is also yeah. cumulative. Yeah, except I try and stay away from that because uh, there was a big scandal uh, many years ago where one of the I think I could be wrong in this. I think it was the polio vaccine uh, oh, had, okay. had contamination with uh, heavy metals. Oh, yeah. Uh, with with the COVID vaccines, they watch for that, even though there's claims of it. 
the claims have never, I've never seen them in any peer-reviewed published literature, although yeah. a couple of politicians are screaming about it. The reason I stay away from it is we've got enough to worry about <laughs> yeah. with baby no, food being contaminated by heavy metals. Yeah, I mean, let's know. talk, yeah, let's talk <laughs> solutions. So exactly. are there more? Um, so you've done a lot of work with the building. So tell me about that work um, yeah. and how that helps keep, keep us safe. This is one of the best things that people can do for their kids and their families. Very simple. People spend 85% of their time, their lives, indoors, either in their house, their car, or their office. 85%. So when you're talking about the impacts of the environment on you, which environment are you talking about? You're not talking about the stuff out there. Because it's mainly in here. you're inside. Yeah. <laughs> it's in here. So the air that you're breathing and the water that you're drinking is coming from the building that you're in. You know, it's coming through the pipes, it's coming through the air ducts, and yes, it's coming from the outside, but it's building up inside because of energy efficiency. We've walled off and sealed all of our buildings to the extent that indoor air quality, including in schools, can be up to eight times worse than outdoor air quality. And mm. a lot of that is these nanoparticulates and microparticulates that have these heavy metals connected to them. So... The thing to know is that the filters that are in air conditioners, uh, furnace filters, and all the other filters that are in all of this equipment are not designed to protect your lungs. They're designed to protect the machinery from getting gummed up. So actually, the PM 2.5, that's just a technical term for very, very small microparticles that cross the lung barrier into the blood, um, are contaminated with heavy metals. So you want to get filters in your air con and your air handling systems that get that stuff out. That's one of the best things that you can do for your family and your kids. Go to any Home Depot or call your air conditioning service people and say, give me a HEPA quality uh, filter, one that doesn't screw up my air conditioning system, please. Um, and, you know, tell me how often I should change it. Uh, where we live, okay. I'm pretty. We're, I'm pretty fortunate because we we don't really have that much. We're we're not in the city here. If you're in a city, you're going to be wanting to change out those filters quite regularly. And after a wildfire event, you need to change all your filters and the filters in your uh, vacuum cleaners as well for sure. Okay, so HEPA—that's the key word that yeah. gets the particles, the nanoparticles, or HEPA-like. You know, so H-E-P-A is, okay. you know, a HEPA filter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wonderful. So, so that's been your work and consulting and helping these buildings be healthier for people. That's a tiny part of it, if you can imagine it, because we also focus on the materials because uh, guess what? Oh, great. You know, this shirt is a hundred percent cotton, but it's not, it's 80% cotton and it's 20% colorants uh, anti, uh, antioxidants, uh, surfactants, and all kinds of other things that make the cotton uh, durable. And guess what? There's toxins. There can be toxins unless the shirt like this one is, is, you know, certified to be organic. So even oh. the clothes that we're wearing have got uh, this issue. So that's why these certifications become so important. And we work, that's why we work with everything from textiles to carpets. We, we have, co-developed carpets to clean the air. It's a really fantastic thing. And wow. Be, yeah. And to be clear, 
these have made a lot of money for companies. This isn't like, you know, one of the big problems with environment is that it's always seen as a cost. Well, the company that we worked with to develop the carpet to clean the air actually was sold for eight times its original investment value because of this carpet that cleaned the air. It was their flagship product. So don't tell me, I don't want to hear from anybody how expensive it is to save the environment. This is nonsense. You just have to think the right way. And actually, you can make money with it. So that's that's what we help companies and governments uh, to do. With governments, we've worked with um, uh, city halls and schools uh, to produce healthy buildings that have four or five measurable uh, quantifiers connected to them, uh, according to something that's known as the WELL certification standard, W-E-L-L which is coming online around North America and Europe and China. And by the way, a lot of these- I've never heard of that. Yeah. Well, W-E-L-L and another one called Fitwell. And okay. the interesting thing is that a lot of the stuff behind it has come out of China because the Chinese have this huge pollution problem. So yeah. they actually developed some of these methods and then they've, they've made their way. So- uh, you know, this stuff about uh, the Chinese spying on us, actually, China's done some really good things for the environment, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and these standards, uh, the science behind them is is one of those things. So let's not throw China out the window completely when we're complaining about trade. Mm, yes, yes, I Some agree. people won't want to hear me say that, but, you know, that's the reality. You can't just, you know, sweep the whole thing away like that. Yeah, and, and, there's, and also, there's a lot of junk that comes in from China too. You know, there's no question about it. But right. in this case, it's it's been good. So we need to be more diligent on the testing and the certification. And when I say that, I want to emphasize one thing. We're never going to get anywhere in this world by continually trying to ban single chemicals and things like that. And here's why. You spend five years studying them, five years trying to ban them, and five years trying to enforce them. In that 15 years, 100,000 new chemicals have come on the market. Oh my gosh. So we're falling farther and farther behind with this system of banning single chemicals. It doesn't work. It's a failure, please. And, and the banning is actually salad dressing on top of greenwashing. What we need to be doing is promoting healthy materials and healthy products because you need a lot fewer of them to make most products. So whereas we've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of potentially nasty products out there, we made healthy, durable, and compostable textiles with 16 chemicals. Oh, wow. Working with one of the world's largest chemicals companies. So Great. they were, they were just the textiles company was astonishingly happy because yeah. it reduced their load. It reduced uh -huh. their supply chain and they were able to turn the clippings from their textiles from toxic waste into compost for farmers in Switzerland, which oh, is a very strict regulatory environment. So again, don't talk to me about how expensive it is to protect the, the environment we've just yeah been that's old school thinking yeah we've right? been looking down the wrong side yeah. of the barrel i know? see yeah sure. they just need yeah. to work with you as a consultant to see the abundance and the sustainability within yeah. that and also i've uh, my partners and i have published a free booklet on this like my the book that we've been talking about on the heavy metals 
is called Discovering the Nature of Longevity, but the book about healthy buildings is called uh, Creating Buildings with Positive Impacts. And uh, it's free. You can download it. It's been around for, you know, like uh, four years. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I feel, do you have a list of Doug's pro- Douglas's products <laughs> that you've like worked on or that you recommend to help oh, us? Maybe, yeah, actually, maybe you need- No, I don't. You needed an affiliate program fee, you know, so because I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to suck all this information out of you and and thinking about um, also skincare and hair and yeah. And I, I'm just thinking of yeah. like, oh, oh my God, what do yeah. I buy? You know, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, there's anyway. two, there's two uh, uh, companies that I've worked with and, and we, one of them actually developed the certification is, is called EPEA. Uh, and that was a joke on the US EPA because they're, <laughs> an, they're an enforcement agency. So we call ourselves yeah. the Environmental Protection Encouragement Agency. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my so, God, it's brilliant. Yeah, so it's called EPEA and it's actually based in Hamburg, Germany and in um, uh, Eindhoven in the Netherlands. I've been working with them for many, many years. They're a great organization and they do actually have examples of all the stuff I've worked on with my colleagues uh, who okay. did all the scientific work. Uh, credit to them for sure. Um, and so, you know, people can go to the EPA website and the other one is Positive Impact, which is based in Luxembourg and they do a lot of building uh, work on buildings and on developing this um, this standard, this global standard that you mentioned at the beginning. It's amazing. There is no globally recognized standard for describing the environmentally beneficial characteristics of products. Can you believe that? Uh, there's environmental product declarations. There's all kinds of, there's like about 50 different standards and none of them are globally accepted. Mm. It's really interesting. And that's what we're doing right now with the International Organization for Standardization. And this is in process today. We've been working on it for the past three years. Oh, that's incredible. Well, yeah. that you're a leader in that. So just a few more questions. What is Zen success to you? Zen success is taking responsibility for your own health and being brave enough to look where other people don't. And and taking responsibility for your health is the most Zen thing that you can do so that you can discover these hidden stresses and learn what to do about it. Mm, wonderful. Well, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you, picking your brain, hearing about your incredible research and books and your wisdom on longevity. I'll put your website and how to buy your books in the show notes. So thank you for being on my show today, Douglas. Carissa, it has been great. I want to thank you for doing this because this is the only way that people are actually going to hear about this. And maybe next time we'll do something on the elastic of life, which drives every breath you take and every step you make. It's really exciting stuff. Okay, that would be great. I'd love that. (laughs) Thanks so much, Douglas. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey and join us on the next episode 
may you find your own Zen success in life.